Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karen Bhatia, and this is Ask the Experts. I had two chats on uh, Instagram Live last week with Cecilia Breichhouse and Clarissa Shields. You're going to hear those interviews in their entirety here on this podcast. Cecilia Breichhouse, of course, undefeated. They call her the first lady of boxing. She is the undisputed welterweight champion. And she's obviously had great success in our sport. I spoke to her on Friday on Instagram Live. The topic of Clarissa Shields came up. In her words, she felt like the offer from Showtime uh, was not high enough for her. She's fighting on the zone, and that is her perspective on the on the situation. And for the fight to happen, the offer needs to change. Then, a day later, I spoke to Clarissa Shields on Instagram Live. Clarissa has a different view on the events. In her opinion, that is not what happened. She is saying that Cecilia and her team did not come to the negotiating table. They are not accepting the offer. They're not listening to the offer. And she also feels like the offer that they were going to get from Showtime, which would be to be a main event, a main event on pay-per-view, uh, would be significantly higher than what Cecilia is making. So that is Clarissa Shields' uh, side of the story. And also, I asked Clarissa Shields, of course, about Layla Ali. There's been a back and forth there. The great Layla Ali has been retired, but has said that she would be interested in the fight with Clarissa Shields if she could get $5 million and be the A-side. So I'm going to ask Clarissa her opinion on that. We took some fan questions, including if she feels like she is a polarizing figure. So you don't want to miss that. So without further ado, here are my interviews with Cecilia Breikhouse, the first lady of boxing, and of course, the quote, the greatest woman of all time, Clarissa Shields. I am Karabatia, and let's ask the experts. So Clarissa, we know obviously it's a tough time for so many people right now. I know you recently became a homeowner, right? So are you, is that where you, where you are? Are you kind of hunkered down, staying safe? I'm like back and forth to my home in my apartment because I had an apartment before I got the house. So I'm back and forth from there. And how are you handling everything that's going on in the world right now? The quarantine has obviously got to be hard with your training and everything else that you are doing. So how are you handling everything? Um, I actually wanted some downtime. So it's, 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 I mean, like the coronavirus is terrible, but. I wanted to spend more time at home. I wanted to sleep more. I wanted to uh, have a little bit more free time for my family and my friends. And I have plenty of that now. Um, and I and just for training purposes, I have at my house, I have a boxing gym in the basement. I have boxing bag. I have crunch bar. I have a treadmill. So I can keep, uh, um, I can stay in good, I can stay in good shape uh, also. And right now, with everything that's going on, are you even thinking about boxing and training and things like that? Or are you just trying to get through what's going on right now and then you'll refocus on boxing at that point? I'm always thinking about boxing. And so it's good that you're staying active, staying fit, staying ready. We know that you were supposed to have your fight uh, in May, right? That was going to be your, your next upcoming fight, a unification bout to try to become undisputed at 154. You're already undisputed at middleweight. So... If you had to guess, do you know when that fight may be rescheduled for? Nobody knows when this coronavirus thing will be over. 
So hopefully we'll, we'll see you back in the ring sometime soon for that unification uh, to go for undisputed at 154, like we said. So yesterday I spoke with Cecilia Breikhouse. Um, she had talked about Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. I know that you responded. Uh, when I read her t your tweet to her, she said she's blocked by you on Twitter, so she couldn't answer. And she said that she wanted to make the fight with you, but she felt the offer from Showtime was not good enough. So that is all lies, and that's and that's the reason why I blocked her because um, she, you know, she throws a rock but then hides her hand. You know what I mean? And that's why I blocked her. I just I'm not gonna let her use my name to build fame for herself because she's not really known in the U.S. And um, it was like, she kept saying my name. So, of course, me and my team wanted to have, like, some kind of negotiation. And we reached out to Tom Loeffler. And uh, basically, he gave this big old spiel about how Savannah Marshall is very, I mean, not Savannah Marshall, but how Cecilia Brockes, she isn't really a 147-pounder. And, you know, she doesn't even get bigger than 147. So, coming up to 154, fighting me wasn't an option. But when I was at 168, she kept on saying, like, Oh, I would love to fight Clarissa, but the weight is a problem. So I come all the way down from 168 to 154 just to get from her, okay, she's not going to fight over 150 pounds. And they didn't even want to have a real conversation because Showtime said that they would make us main event on Showtime pay-per-view if me and her was to fight. And um, Tom Loughlin and, uh, and her didn't even want to have a conversation. But to the public, she'll say, oh, no, that never happened. But, my, but um, my team has no reason to lie on Cecilia or her team. She didn't want to have a conversation. She could have made a million dollars for one purse, and uh, she turned it down. So basically, you're saying it's not that the offer wasn't good enough. She wouldn't even come to the negotiating table to hear the offer. Nope. He, um, I think Tom Loeffler said um, she's not comfortable fighting over 150 pounds. And, you know, I'm coming from 168, so that means I'm bigger than 168, you know, uh, um, at some point. So if you don't want me to come all, all the way down to 147, at least have a contract signed to where I know that if I was to get that small, would you even really fight me? Or would I just be a waste of my time and, you know, endangering my body? So like I, um, like I tweeted earlier, if look, if she really wants to get the fight made, because I'm not a person to go back and forth. It's more of like we can get the fight made at 150, and I'll kick her ass in Norway, in her in her home country, in front of all her people, and she can keep her belts. Meet me at a catch weight, 150. Now, if she doesn't take that offer, I don't know what else. Um, but that's why I blocked her though. It wasn't even, and I also blocked her too because yeah, I heard like yeah, she wouldn't respond to like that. But I was like, okay, you know, she doesn't want to come to 154. But then I also heard through the uh, through the grapevine that um, her team, when she was going to uh, going to do interviews, she only had one request and one request only, and that was that they do not even mention my name in any of her interviews. So to me, that was like a low ball because it's like one, why wh why do you want me to keep mentioning your name and keep mentioning how me and you could fight and me calling you out after I win one of my biggest fights, main event on Showtime. To one, not even get uh, you know, to not even get a negotiation from you, um, you know what I mean? And then just to just to keep building your name as I'm grown because I'm way more popular than her, um, even though she was undisputed first. But that's where I just was like, you know, I'm not gonna keep 
going back and forth with her. And honestly, I thought she was pretty decent, a pretty decent person. But after I found that out, it was like, so I guess it is true that she does avoid fighters. She did avoid, uh, avoid Alayla McCarter. She's avoiding me. And um, she doesn't even want to have a rematch with Callie Reese. And it's just like, yeah, you're undisputed, but you're not going to go down for legacy. You know, she doesn't care about legacy. She doesn't care about fighting the best. So in the past, she has always said the weight has been an issue. You're now saying that you're willing to go to 150 pounds, which is a, it's a huge cut for you because you fought as high as 168. Um, you're willing to go to Norway to fight in her hometown now. Yep. So now that you're putting all of that on the table, if she still says no, do you, are you going to feel like she's just using your name maybe, just clout chasing a little bit? Absolutely. And that's why I initially blocked her. It had nothing to do with her posting a picture of her and Layla or anything like that because I can care less. But it's more of like, and then she said she doesn't know how, she doesn't know where me and her fell out and, and all this other stuff. And it was like, she knows exactly when. She the one posted the picture of her and Layla Ali calling Layla Ali the real goat to come at me. But she didn't want to speak on that. Like, she's really one of those girls who try to make herself look like, you know, she's one of the toughest and baddest girls in the public. But she doesn't want to fight. Tom Loeffler doesn't believe that she can beat me. Um, her former coach, uh, Jonathan Banks, didn't believe that she can beat me. And I, and I believe that that's one of the reasons why she uh, fired him and got with a new coach. And so she has to come to the negotiating table if she actually wants to make this happen at this point. She did say she wants to respond to you on Twitter, but she's blocked. You explained why she's blocked. Is there any chance that you would reconsider that so that, you know, she could kind I of I unblocked her after I saw her interview with you. So she's been unblocked. She's unblocked. And I actually added her earlier, like, ask Cecilia, like, I'll meet you at 150 and, and I'll make it even better for you. And I'll, and, and I'll fight you in Norway. You know, her saying that the money is – that the money is better um, at the zone. H how much was her last purse? Like, let's speak facts. You know, let's not just believe anything that anybody says because my uh, my last fight check was for three hundred thousand dollars. Yes. So, how much was her checks for? And if and, you know, and um, just to prove it, you know what I mean? Like on paper, I made three hundred thousand my last fight. How much did she make her last fight? That and is for her to say the money is there. It's like. No, it's not. No, it's not. She wants to go where she could fight the smaller girls, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, and force them to come up to 147 to fight against her to give her full advantage. You know, and it's like, I just don't under, I don't, I don't understand that. But if I was to say, hey, Katie Taylor, I'm about to come to 140 and I'm going to kick your ass. Listen, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano would be like, well, I'll see your fat ass when you get to 140. <laughs> And they'll be more than willing to fight me. That, but, but like with her, she won't even give a decent response. She won't um, come to the to uh, come to the table and negotiate. And who turns down Showtime main event pay per view? It's a, a, a freaking woman fighter. Come on now. And at this point, you've made all the concessions. You've unblocked her, so now it's on her to see if she actually will come to the negotiating table. You spoke about purses. Um, another fighter, of course, I have to ask you about and. Everyone's been talking about this is Layla Ali. She, Layla Ali said she wanted $5 million and she wanted to be the A side. So do you think that that is completely unrealistic? And is that another case, in your opinion, of someone maybe not coming to the negotiating table properly to, to actually set up a fight? Um, Layla, I can just say that 
one, no woman in women's boxing has ever made a million dollars for a fight. So to come out and not have boxed for 13 years and just request that you get $5 million, it's like, okay, do the promoters even, if the promoters don't believe that a woman can make a million dollars right now, what makes her think that she can come out of retirement and just make $5 million? And it was like, look, I was, I was even like pressing for like, like, you know what? She, to me, she is worth 5 million. To me, I'm worth a lot of millions. You know what I mean? But the, but the promoters have not seen that yet in women's boxing. So for them to put a pay-per-view and then I was just like, you know, an incentive on, you know, loser get 5 million, winner get 10 million. It's just like, we have some people who was willing to actually put the money up there, but then they had all these questions about, you know, can women's boxing even sell 500,000 pay-per-view buys to where it could make more than $15 million back? Can women's boxing, you know, can we even do those kind of numbers? Because in her fight against Jackie Frazier many, many years ago, she only did 100,000 buys on pay-per-view. And I've never fought on pay-per-view yet. But given the opportunity... I would like to think that I could do over a hundred thousand buys, but who would ever know if uh, if I never fight the main event, you know, on pay per view? Like who knows? But I know I'm steady building myself. My next fight purse is four hundred k. I'm making money. Um, her biggest purse in boxing was six hundred thousand, and and I know this because this is what Layla Ali told me out of her own mouth. Her biggest purse, and said that they would not pay her no more than that. And uh, I think she's kind of mad about. You know, just how she felt like she never got what she deserved in women's boxing. And also, it was hard for her to get the biggest fights. Now, who knows the story? Who knows the real story between her and Ann Wolf? Did Ann Wolf, was Ann Wolf scared of her or was she scared of Ann Wolf? Who knows? But they both have told me the same story. That Layla, Wolf, Wolf told me that Layla was scared of her. Layla told me that Wolf was scared of her. So, who knows who's telling the truth? But I know that I fight if and everybody. It doesn't matter what weight, um, if I can make the weight. Like, now, going to 140 and 147 is totally out the question for myself. But um, you never know what I do because I'm just so ambitious. And I believe in – I'm just a go-getter. Like, I'll actually – hey, if the money is there and the, uh, and the opponent is there and the legacy is there, you never know what I will do. Really, like me even coming to 154 has shocked myself, honestly. And if the fight with Layla is able to get made, what weight class do you think that would be at? I think it would have to be 168 because she's a taller girl and a bigger girl. Um, even though I wasn't, I was, I started my career at 168 and I'm coming down, um, and I've come down, I could still easily fight at 168 so um i'm not trying to deprive her of her weight and make her and drain her and get her all little no i want it to be a very fair fight so 168 of course i'm not going to drain her to come to 154 where i'm where i'm currently at like so i've been trying to be fair against all angles like i'm like look we do pay-per-view whatever numbers we get we split down the middle 50 50 you know um I've even told my manager, like, look, okay, how about instead of winner getting 10 million, winner gets seven? You know, because I just want to keep her five million on the table. So where her excuse can never be, oh, we never fought because nobody wanted to put up the five million dollars. Like, I want them to keep her five million there 
regardless on how the fight does. So I'm trying to use every other angle just to get the fight done. Not and not because I um you know I just hate her. It's one, it's a great fight for women's boxing. I want to shut her up. And um it it'll be more of like it's more of me taking a torch. They have never been uh been a torch hand in, in women's boxing. You always just have people just consider Cecilia to be the to be the greatest woman of all time or to be the pound for pound because she had all four belts. But if they really paid attention to uh, to uh, to women's boxing, you would see that she hasn't fought the best fighters. And it would be a massive event if you and her, you and Leilali were to fight. When she was on Sway in the Morning, she said at one point that she offered you to spar with her and that you declined. Is that true? Did that happen? So, this, first of all, that conversation was like a full joke. She wasn't even serious. She's always felt threatened by me. And she's always used to say, hey, I'm always in shape for four rounds, no matter how long I've been off. And she used to joke with me in that way. But she never said, hey, Clarissa, let's spar tomorrow at 4 o'clock, bring your stuff. She never said that. And um, to me, pe people look at that like, oh, she said that I would have took the sparring match if I wasn't scared and I would have you know, have brownie points or something like that. I'm a two-time Olympic champ. I don't give a damn about no brownie points. I don't give a damn about sparring about, about, about bragging about sparring. I beat up grown men all the all the time and don't even post the footage. Um, I spar against grown men to get ready for fights. I spar against other girls and beat the shit out of them and I don't post the footage. Why? Because in sparring, you working on stuff. On sparring, you working on your weaknesses and you trying to get better. So why would I even care to spar to say, oh, well, yeah, I sparred against Layla Ali. I've never used her name to promote myself. Never. Until, but she's using my name to, to promote her spices and her cooking channel and all this stuff that she got. She's using my name because right now I'm, I'm popping in women's boxing. And she knows that. She knows that. And she's just like, oh, well, it's the perfect time for me to say this about her. This is the perfect time for me to not be friends with her. This is the perfect time for me to talk bad about her. And it's just like, whatever. She never supported no woman in women's boxing. None. But now she wants to come and try to post videos of girls boxing here and take pictures with Cecilia. She would have never took a picture with Cecilia if she didn't have beef with me. She's never come to any... Ask a girl who box right now has Layla Ali come to any of your fights? Even girls that's been here before me. Never. And she also said on that same interview, she said when she watched your fights, she feels like you could learn something about getting knockouts. She felt like you need to improve in terms of fighters holding. She felt like Habazin was holding, and she said that there's ways to get around that and knock out opponents. What do you make of that criticism for her basically saying that you should get more knockouts? So I said, thank you, you know, thank you. But at the end of the day, I'm fighting against fighters who are really good fighters. Sorry to say, and her fighters were the people she fought against. People had majority losses. Women hadn't really uh, trained. And um, she had a size advantage uh, um, um, over those girls. Like I said, she did what she did. But I'm fighting against world champions. I'm fighting against people who have held, who have held world titles at multiple weight classes. I'm fighting against girls who are undefeated, like Christina Hammer, 
24 and 0, 11 knockouts. I made her 24 and 1 when I was only I only had eight fights. You know, I'm fighting against girls who's 18, 1 and 1, Hannah Gabriels. Um, you know, taking her 10 rounds to win a experience yet in the pro. So to be a three-time division world champion, it's not easy. It's not easy. And also Layla only fought at one weight class. So how can she talk about you know, knockouts and stuff like one. Let me worry about the knockouts. Let me focus on them because guess what? They're coming. Last girl I fought got dropped with a body shot. It's all coming together. Don't worry, but I was a great amateur and I'm a great professional and the knockouts will come. But um, I never asked her for her advice. Why? Because I'm a better fighter than her. And I know that you obviously had plans to fight in May. That was postponed. Something else you talked about was uh, delving into MMA, fighting Amanda Nunez. Is that something you still want to do in 2020? Um, I would love to box against Amanda Nunez. And just as far as in the whole uh, MMA thing, my life has kind of been put on pause because of the coronavirus, so I can't even train and work on takedowns and work on takedown defense and all this other stuff you have to work on to be a great uh, MMA fighter. So... Me and my um me and Mark talked the other day. We're just like we have to figure out a time frame, you know, six to eight months to where I just train strictly MMA and put boxing on hold to where I can start getting my feet wet in MMA and have my first fight. I would like to fight Amanda Nunes maybe after I've had about a year or two experience inside the MMA ring. But boxing, I'd be here anytime. I could be here tomorrow for that. So hopefully we'll see that mega fight as well. Obviously, right now, you are the number one active female fighter in the game. We talked about a lot of names, uh, you know, Cecilia Breitkhouse, um, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. You are number one. If you had to give an opinion, who do you think is number two right now in, in women's boxing? Um, it's really out of, to me, uh, Katie Taylor or Amanda Serrano. Both those girls are phenomenal. Like, I love Amanda Serrano's punching power, and her power travels with her from 140 all the way down to 118, all the way back up. The way she can lose weight and gain weight, to me, is insane. And the way that she fights, too. You know, she go out there with the same attitude toward everybody. And uh, she'll fight you to death. And, you know, Katie, I love that just her technical aspect. Like, she's super fast. Um, she's very technical. She moves good on her feet. Only thing I'll say say about Katie is sometimes I, I, I know she's not that flexible up top as far as in head movement. Like, her defense is with her legs, not with her head or her shoulders or anything like that. So, um, and sometimes she takes unnecessary shots because of that. But other than that, I think that uh, Amanda and Katie are both uh, great fighters, and they're going to battle it out to see who's number two or who's number one. If they may, they, you know, the critics may consider that fight the best a women's fight to date, so they may be number one or two, but either or, I feel like as far as in style-wise that I fight better, but I'm not going to be mad if they say, oh, those one of those girls is the best, you know, because they have great skills, they're great for women's boxing, and they don't turn down challenges. 
that's why Cecilia isn't even up there, you know. And even her style, she's she's slow. Um, people talk about, oh, Clarissa, you're ten and zero with two knockouts. Well, hell, Cecilia Brockers is thirty nine and zero with six knockouts. Ain't nobody talking about her punch percentage, but she's still the best though. Whatever, I got four more. I got four less knockouts than she do, and I've boxing. I only have ten fights. So it's just like when people say like. If they're going to compare us, compare us the right way and actually be fair about it. Like, don't talk about my knockout percentage, but then not talk about how y'all want Cecilia to be ranked number one, but she's 39-0 with six knockouts. Come on now. And it's something specific to women's boxing in terms of having to go to different weight classes to find those big matchups. In this conversation, we've talked about 147 all the way up to 168. And, and you're, you're moving around in those weight classes, finding the best matchups, winning all the belts. What weight do you feel most comfortable at? And if you had your choice, what would you like to fight at? I feel most comfortable. 168, I feel great. I just feel a little sluggish sometimes, you know, because it's like I don't have to lose no weight for that. And I kind of can walk around at that a little bit. 160. I feel sharp, but it's still just that, I don't know. I, I think I felt and looked the best at 154, sadly. And But I feel good on my fights. I feel like I perform very well. But I think 154 may be the weight class where I can show all my skills, have my speed, have my power. Um, what else? Freaking slipping everything i can kind of bounce more and jump more you know you know show off a little bit but um at 160 i just don't feel like my body wants to do that but at 154 i can kind of much do anything i um, i believe and speaking of 168 before your fight with habazine there was talks that your next fight could be against alicia napoleon we know alicia napoleon was upset by ellen Cedarus. Um, do you want to, at at some point in the future, take on either Alicia Napoleon or Ellen Cedarus? I would love to fight both of them, and that was probably, and, and me and Alicia was supposed to fight next, but she messed the bag up and she lost. So, with that, it's like I don't want to fight her after she's coming off a loss. It has to be like some kind of incentive for myself. So it's like she needs to either fight a set of rows and get her belt back and then me or he can fight or go and get a belt from somebody. But I can't fight her if she doesn't have a belt. It's just not no incentive for me, you know? Um, and uh, Ellen set uh, her team said that she wouldn't be ready to fight me until about another year or two. Um, I can respect that. You know, I did think she was a little bit green, but she is a big, healthy girl at 168. She's tall. She's she um she got hard body man that girl is that girl strong and um I mean I would love to fight anybody to be honest it doesn't matter um wherever there's belts wherever there's wherever there's history I'm there and so when I uh, announced the interview with you I posted on Twitter to ask for fans questions uh someone asked they said uh they want to know your thoughts on why men have hate for you. Uh, they said, I know it's a sign of weakness, but I want to hear Clarissa's thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm out here punching like a dude and they mad and they're intimidated. 
<laughs> that's why I think that um I think that men are so used to women just bowing down and being quiet and letting them do and do and say whatever that they want to say about women about women fighters and I just kind of speak up and let them know like nah like that's not it I'm not gonna let you disrespect me or or women's boxing and you're gonna give me my props and you're going to respect my skill. Um, if you really want to compare me against the men, go and watch my footage. And and there's not going to be a, be a man that can tell me that I can't fight. <laughs> not not even possible. And a lot of and a lot of guys thought that they could do that when I first turned pro to say, oh, well, she lacks this and she lacks that and she can't fight and she and she only throws power shots and blah blah blah. And I had to let them know, like, yeah, I only threw power shots in that fight because that's the fight I wanted to fight. You know, that's the fight that I chose to fight to win that fight. And then when they come, and then when they talk about my skills, in my next fight, I show my skills. So then when I show my skills, then they say, oh, but she's not getting a knockoff. Well, I thought you didn't want me to throw a power. I thought you wanted skill. So it's always going to be something. And um, I've just been able to show show all the men who are big haters like y'all can hate on me all y'all want but guess what Clarissa Shields can fight and she'll beat you and probably beat your son up and beat your daughter up and whoever else you think uh, whoever can beat her in boxing I'll beat some guy's favorite fighter and that's why they're also upset so you know like hate comes with the game it is what it is but I'm not I'm not um too much worried about the hate you know what I mean like I'm like I'm I'm driven by positivity so that's what I surround myself with <laughs> and you are of course active on social media engaging with fans with that comes criticism uh you know people chiming in do you feel like you've become a polarizing figure in in the sport of boxing definition of polarizing people uh feel either they really like you or they don't like you right they kind of pick a side <laughs> Do you feel like that? <laughs> um, I feel like those who respect realness and respect women and respect what I what I stand for and what I'm trying to do, they love me. I think it's kind of three. People either love me, they like me, or they hate me. And it's more just like, I don't really... Uh, care you know it's like if you love me I love you too if you like me thank you if you hate me so be it but it just come with the territory I'm not really somebody who uh, who who's like oh I'm so heartbroken because people don't like me <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not a person they care and that's why I think bother people too like I don't they can criticize me and they can say this and say that but I don't change and I will clap back you know, and that's something that a lot of celebrities let their publicists control their, um, you know, that's why they can have their publicists control their Instagram and stuff because they don't want to be accessible to the fans because the fans can hurt their feelings. But if the fans say something to me or, 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 a, or a hater and I decide to respond, you know, I just respond the way that I want to um you know being the champion that i am and sometimes you just gotta put it you gotta put a hater in their place that's all like yesterday speaking of that you asked cecilia you know um what doesn't she like about me personally or or 
or just by my personality or, or you, you act some bullshit like that. And when I was watching the interview, I was just like, why the fuck is he asking that? You know, because I've never done anything to her personally for her to even to say that she doesn't like him personally. It's more of like, or, or it's like my personality, you know? And it's more of like, if this is about boxing, let's talk boxing. But they, you know, men like to put women in this box where it's like, no, you be quiet and you don't talk too loud. And you don't talk about your skills that much. And you don't talk about how great you are. And you never talk about it and people never know. That's why everybody called me the quote. It's not self-proclaimed. You know, like, yeah, I'm the, I'm probably the first one that said it. But before I before I even said it and made it public, any guy that seen me box in person was saying I was the best human fighter that they ever seen fight. So it wasn't just, you think that thought came from me? No, other people were saying that to me. I didn't even believe it at first. So I started watching my own film, watching my own footage. And I'm just like, damn, I really can box. I really can bang. I really do have good defense. That's what's making me the greatest, the greatest woman of all time because some fighters only have two of those things or one. I have all three, you know? And it, it's been amazing to see what you have achieved uh, at 25 years old, in your prime, undisputed at 160, like we said, going for undisputed at 154. Just to just to close it out, I mean, you, we, you talked about challenging yourself at MMA versus Amanda Nunez, possibly. What do you hope to achieve in boxing? When will you say, you know, this is my goal, and once I hit it, I can kind of walk away knowing that I've achieved everything I've wanted to in boxing? There isn't a goal. Like, it's just to make as much history as possible. Fight the best fights. Um... You know, I don't want any stone unturned. You know, if they want if the fans want knockouts, I want to give them knockouts. If the fans want me to box and show my skill, I'm gonna box and show my skill. If they want me to show my defense and show the role like Floyd, I'm gonna show the role like I'm gonna show the role like Floyd. You know what I mean? Like whatever the fans uh want and they and and, and they request from me, uh, that's what I want. And the fans want to see me fight against Alayla Ali. The fans want to see me fight against Cecilia Brockes. The fans want to see me become undisputed at 154. The fans want to see me rematch Hannah Gabriels and beat her again. You know, it's just so much that I could do. And the fans want to see me go against Amanda Nunes in the boxing ring and also inside the octagon. So if the fans want it and I'm able to deliver, then I believe that I should. While I'm young, while I still have the energy to keep losing weight and keep fighting, you know, um, I just want to do everything before – you know, I before I leave, because when I hang the gloves up and I decide to walk away and be done with the sport, I don't want to come back. You know, I don't want to, you know, walk away from like there's something that I, um, that, um, that I didn't do, you know, or it was somebody who I didn't fight. Like, I don't know how Layla Ali lives with herself knowing that she never fought Ann Wolf. It must eat her up every day. And whenever somebody even mentions Ann Wolf name to her, it has to piss her off because they're always going to be who was better, you or Ann Wolf? And they could have fought and easily had people know who the best was. And that was the great Clarissa Shields, definitely the top female boxer right now in our sport, undisputed at middleweight, going for undisputed at 154, which would be a tremendous uh, accomplishment. She's in her prime. Uh, she's outspoken and, and keeping it real, telling us everything we want to hear. Now, she, of course, referenced my conversation with Cecilia Breikhaus. So 
Here is my conversation with Cecilia. I spoke to her on Friday of last week. Let's get her side of the events. So just to start it off, I mean, obviously everyone is going, uh, dealing with the coronavirus right now, the global pandemic, of course. So how are you holding up? Uh, how are you handling it right now? Well, I mean, uh, it could be worse. I'm currently now in Big Bear up at the uh, Abel uh, Sanchez gym, the summit. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a nice sunny day. It's beautiful up here. Um, I have the gym for a couple of hours training every day. So it could be worse. We're still um, practicing uh, social uh, awareness and uh, staying inside mostly. But as you can see, there's not much people here, which is a good thing. I've been up to Big Bear uh, to work with Abel Sanchez to see him training. Uh, of course, Gennady Golubkin trained there for a long time. It's a very secluded and peaceful place. Is that a, a good place to be also just mentally because you're away from everything, you're, you're with nature. Is that a good place to be right now with everything that's going on? Absolutely. Um, just like you say, we are, um, we are away from the worst. Um, um, what we are pretty um, um, shield up here. And also, I, coming from Norway, I love the nature here, the mountains, the, the, the trees. And it's like, um, it's a little bit like being at home. Uh, the best part is, of course, that uh, we can still be at the gym and we uh, can go out running and take a walk without meeting uh, a lot of people. There, there are not much people here. It's very um, uh, closed off. Yeah, if you've ever been up to Big Bear, it's, uh, even when you get to L.A., it takes a few hours to get up the mountain and get there. It's a very secluded place. So are you thinking about, with everything that's going on, are you thinking about your next fight right now? Are you trying to just practice social distancing and, and you know, get through this period first? What's going on in terms of your mindset and in terms of your training camp? Well, first of all, it was, of course, the friends and family at home. Um, knowing they were safe, I could start uh, thinking about uh, my next steps, which will, of course, be to stay in the gym, stay fit and stay ready. Um, but there's also a lot of other, um, you know, this is a very um, special time and we have to uh, change our minds around that fact that uh, everything is going to be um, uh, very different in the future for uh, um, the way a lot of people conduct business, the way people are uh, are working, um, the way social media will work. So I was a social media dinosaur uh, until this uh, coronavirus hit. So now I'm actually trying to uh, <laughs> I'm trying to um, teach myself uh, a little bit on. Um, um, well, the social media, the web, because in the future, I think uh, we see a lot of businesses are going to just move um, over there. And in terms of your next fight, I know you said you're staying busy on social media, but you were scheduled to fight on April 17th, right? That fight has now been pushed back. Is there uh, any new date or is that just uh, pushed back until all of this gets figured out? <laughs> Well, I think, you know, we are in the same boat as everyone else. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't have any time frame yet. We just have to uh, 
um, we just have to uh, go to the gym, stay active, stay healthy. And um, I think uh, as an athlete, you're also a little bit more pre prepared mentally to do this. Uh, uh, as a fighter, this is not the first time as uh, everybody in the boxing business know. It's not the first time a fight's getting pushed or cancelled. Fighters been waiting maybe a year for, for, uh, for fights that don't, don't happen. So um, the mental part is very much there. So I think for athletes, this is the situation we're a little bit better to cope with um, than the average person, you know, like we are used to getting sick or anybody getting sick around us. We are put in quarantine. I don't shake hands. Um, uh, the last weeks before um, fight, I was in a camp with uh, Vladimir Klitschko. He doesn't shake hands at all. He just stopped doing that. So I think we are a little bit more prepared, but of course it's, it's a very unusual situation. And your fight that was supposed to be on April 17th, it was against Jessica McCaskill. Now you're of course undisputed champion at welterweight. You hold all the belts you have for some time. Uh, your opponent McCaskill has two belts at uh, 140. So if that fight comes together, which we hope it does later this year, what weight class would that fight be at? Uh, well, we uh, agreed to go down to 145, I believe. And um, I'm very disappointed of that because that was a huge fight. Um, well, women boxing all over is exploding right now. You have um, uh, Katie Taylor uh, and Serrano was going up against each other and a lot of other uh, great fights uh, coming up uh, for, uh, for women, women boxing. So that day for this to happen, it was... Um, um, it was quite a, quite a blow um, for this sport that took 100 years just to get to the Olympics. But like I say, you just have to mentally um, prepare for um, better times now. And it was said that if that fight had happened, uh, you could fight Katie Taylor or Amanda Serrano. Do you still want to fight those names maybe in 2020, depending on how, every, how everything shakes out? Yeah, of course. Uh, now we have to see what's happening. Um, but uh, I hope um, and I think this fight will happen. Um, me versus uh, Mikalski for sure and uh, Katie Taylor versus Serrano for sure. And uh, the winner of those two fights will meet each other and will crown the best uh, pound for pound number one. And I know that recently on Twitter you said... Uh, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, they're both legends that you would love to challenge yourself against either of them. Uh, and two days ago, or actually yesterday, Clarissa Shields responded to that. And she said, I'm going to read it to you. She said, I mean, of course, Cecilia would want to fight against girls who have never boxed over 140 pounds. She hasn't agreed to take a fight against me at 154 or possible 147. I wonder why. So that was Clarissa Shields' tweet. What is your response to Clarissa Shields? Well, I have two responses. First of all, she blocked me a long time ago. So she, uh, <laughs> so all the accusations she's coming on Twitter, I don't have, uh, I cannot uh, defend myself against them. Or uh, I just know that I just hearing from everyone that she's talking, uh, saying some uh, very bad stuff about me. Uh, I hope she will give me a chance to uh, be able to answer them directly to her. And <laughs> on Twitter, uh, I don't think that's very, 
brave uh, to do it the, the way she does it right now. And uh, when it comes to the fight, uh, it was never about the weight. It was never about um, the weight, the venue or anything. It was very easy. I got a better offer from the zone and took it. The, the offer from Showtime was actually the third best offer I got. So I had um, the best offer was definitely from the zone. I had an offer from Norway to fighting uh, there uh, too, which was also um, a very good offer. Uh, and then Showtime's offer. You know, she can huff and puff all she wants on Twitter, but if she wants to fight this fight, she needs to go back to her bosses. She needs to go back to Showtime, and uh, and uh, that's where it's going to happen. And we know that recently promoters have been able to, and networks have been able to work together. We just saw that with Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder in the rematch. We saw Fox and PBC come together with top rank and ESPN. So it has happened on a high level. So assuming that it could happen, right, let's say that The Zone can work together with Showtime and somehow maybe a joint promotion. You are the welterweight undisputed champion. She's undisputed at 160. You said weight isn't an issue, but I know that, of course, because of the difference, it has to play a factor, right? What weight would you feel comfortable fighting Clarissa Shields at, assuming the promoter network issues were able to get worked out? Well, right now it's... Um... Showtime hasn't uh, come to, uh, didn't come to us with any uh, any offer that really made us take this uh, uh, any step further. So, you know, they um, it, it's been very very quiet from them. I don't think they will. Um, I don't think the financial terms are there for Showtime right now. To be one hundred percent honest, I, I just have to say it the way it is. And so, basically, bottom line, you're saying. For that fight to happen, Clarissa Shields would have to maybe leave Showtime and come to another platform to make it happen. Uh, well, <laughs> that's, uh, of course, very drastic. But uh, uh, what I'm saying is this is uh, up to the Showtime uh, executives. This is not uh, happening by um, uh, Twitter or, or any, anywhere else. If she wants this fight. She needs to get back to Showtime and to her um, uh and uh, to those who pays her bills there and say, you know what, I want this and uh, you got to make this happen. Uh, right now, um, you know, I have, um, I have a good deal with the zone. My fight is uh, shown all over the world. It's also sold uh, to all the Nordic markets. And, uh, and uh, it's, um, it's a very good deal for me, financial and also the fact that my fight is shown on a um, global scale. It's shown in America, it's shown in Europe, and it's shown also in the Nordic uh, countries. And I welcome Showtime to come and uh, try and top that offer, for sure. And last question about Clarissa Shields before we move on. Uh, do you, what do you think about her personally? We know she's a great fighter, undefeated, as you are undefeated as well. Um, what do you think about her personally, and why do you think she blocked you on Twitter? <laughs> Well, I, um, I don't know to be 100% because we actually, I mean, we started out pretty cool. You know, we had uh, some good exchanges. We were supporting each other. Uh, she even sent me some uh, texts, uh, text messages, inbox, you know, 
um, hey, you need uh, some support here. And, and I texted her back. So we had actually had have a lot of uh, contact, which has been very positive. And then suddenly this happens. And I don't know, I can't explain it, but at least, uh, you know, uh, unblock me and give me a chance to, you know, answer uh, your allegations. And so just, just moving on, if you do get the fight against McCaskill or whoever it may be, I'm, look, I'm looking at it here, some of the notes I had. Yeah, it will be McCaskill for sure, next, it, uh, it, next fight. And not to ever look past an opponent, but if you were to get past her, you would break the streak that was held by Joe Lewis, uh, and that was 25 consecutive world title defenses. So A, were you aware of that? And B, if you are able to do that, what would that mean for you? But I think it's important not to think too much about that. Um, like you say, never uh, look past the fighter. And Mikowski is a very strong, uh, a very strong fighter. We saw what she did uh, to Katie Taylor, and I don't remember how many fights she had. That, that it was she did not have many fights, uh, professional fights before that. Maybe um, three, four, five fights before that, and she gave Katie Taylor a hell of a run. So. Um, um she um i'm not taking her for granted at all um if this should if this should happen it uh, it would be um it would be huge it would be um it would be history and i would love to do that and let's see if that happens um there's been so many good fights in women's boxing especially recently a lot of stars yeah. like yourself clarissa shields we mentioned uh, Ellen Sederus upset Alicia Napoleon recently. Uh, French yeah. Jean Cruz de Zern. There's there's so many names. Katie yeah. Taylor, Amanda Serrano. In terms of women's boxing, um, are you happy with where it is right now in terms of the mainstream? As you said, it's on the zone, so people can see it in many different countries. Are you happy with the state of women's boxing, or do you want to see anything changed? Well, I am. Um, you have to look at this uh, over um, over time because. For 100 years, there were nothing happening, you know, and then suddenly, boom, 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 we got, uh, we got to the Olympics, we got, um, uh, I got to sell, sell out uh, venues in Norway, 10,000 people, we got uh, uh, the biggest American television station, and this has happened in a couple of years, uh, so, um, so the wave that women boxing is on now, the, you know, the timing with the coronavirus virus couldn't be worse. And that's probably true for, for so many things right now. So in terms of, we were talking about the timing and women's boxing. Uh, I worked at HBO for a long time and I know that you took place, you were able to fight on the last card on HBO boxing, right? So yeah. what did that mean for you? Did you take honor in that in terms of HBO boxing had been around for so long, had such a historic history uh, and, and the la one of the last cards featured your fight. What did that mean for you? Oh, that's that was huge for me. That was definitely one of the um, the biggest moments um, I had because uh, that was another groundbreaking. Um, uh, that was another groundbreaker in women's history, and I think also that led, you know, when the other TV shows saw that that HBO was airing women boxing, I th think that also did uh, uh, did a lot positive. So I'm uh, just. Uh, just being part of this area is, uh, is amazing. And in your uh, illustrious career, I'm going to read this off. You were the longest reigning female boxing champion, the longest reign 
as a four-belt undisputed champion and the most bouts undefeated by a female world champion. So those are some amazing stats. Uh, you've been boxing professionally since 2007. You're 38 years old now. So how much do you have left? How much uh, more do you want to continue in boxing? Well, you know, um, I had um, I had a couple of fights uh, in mind before I was uh, going to retire. Um, you know, uh, the deal with the zone definitely gave me a lot of motivation. The chance to fight, be in a ring with some of the best female fighters in the world, like um, yeah, like Mikalski, Serrano, uh, Katie Taylor, um, maybe even Cyborg, uh, has definitely. Um, uh, give me a lot of inspiration. Um, now we have, I don't know how long this coronavirus will take, uh, this uh, lockdown. Uh, so, you know, um, I just have to see what, uh, you know, I have to see fight for fight and I have to uh, see my health, my body, how everything feels. But right now I feel great and I'm in a great uh, box camp. So I, I feel I have, um, I have some more fights left in me. And you mentioned Cyborg. Do you think that that's a, a fight that we could see, you versus Cyborg? That's also possible. Uh, considering she's on uh, the zone two, she's also interesting in uh, doing this. Uh, she's very interested in doing this crossover with the MMA and boxing. Uh, she saw the hype uh, McGregor and Mayweather got. You know, she, she knows it's going to be a huge deal. And like I said, she being in the zone two, it's uh, absolutely possible to... Um, uh, to get this done but first my uh, my first uh, 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 my first goals are of course uh, getting uh, past Mikowski and then taking on the winner on uh, of um, Serrano and uh, Katie Taylor and if you were to fight Cyborg it sounds like that would be in a boxing match is there any chance that maybe after that you would step into the cage and fight her in MMA or would it only be boxing well, I think uh, I think it would be boxing because uh, doing MMA would be uh, uh, starting to work on grappling for me in the age of 38. <laughs> That's very optimistic. <laughs> and you mentioned the names that you'd like to fight next. Is there anything more you want to achieve in terms of milestones? We talked about... Uh, Joe Lewis's record. We've talked about all the records that you hold. Are there any records or belts or anything like that that you want to achieve? Or, or right now, is it just looking at those top opponents? I think I achieved most uh, records you can achieve. I was the first to have the, the, the ring belt. I was the first undisputed. I have hit uh, the million mark in viewers three times. I sold out um, 10,000 tickets time two in Norway. Um, for me right now, it's all about uh, who's uh, in, the other in the other corner of the ring. My motivation is purely uh, in the sport now. And have you thought at all about what you want to do post-career? Uh, do you want to stay involved in boxing, maybe as a trainer or as an announcer? Or do you have other plans of things that you'd like to do after your boxing career? I just have to say, hi, guys. I see all your messages. I'm <laughs> just in the middle of an interview. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, professional boxing and uh, sport and, um, um, yeah, sport in generally has been my life, uh, my whole, since I was uh, a little girl. I would definitely continue doing that. And, 
in what kind of role i i don't know uh, yet um, i don't think automatically uh, top uh, fighters will be great uh, um uh, trainers but um you know i'm not uh, saying that it won't happen i'm i'm just uh having a lot of other projects i would like to work on a little bit um after my career end that uh, uh is a little bit out of the gym too you know <laughs> i think i deserved that after a long uh, after a long life in uh, in this game it's been it's been uh, it's been fun but it's been rough <laughs> In terms of other projects, I know that your background, uh, you were in an orphanage uh, in Colombia and, and at two years old, you were, you were uh, adopted and then you um, started combat sports at 15 and now you have the First Lady Primary School, right? So I'm sure that that's very important for you to work with um, underprivileged kids. Is that, is that one of the causes that I'm sure you're going to continue into uh, life after boxing as well? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I you know, I, I, I'm in a very good situation. I love my work and I also am so excited to uh, the day I'm done, the day I really can sit down and say, you know what, I'm done. I have uh, done what I need to do and uh, I can go over to my other project and, uh, and, and focus on them. Uh, being and working in Uganda has, um, uh, has been extremely, extremely important to me uh, and I can't wait to get back to that work that is one of my uh, projects uh, um, uh, for sure so you know I'm 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 really looking forward to that too I wish I could spend um, more time there I, I miss them every day and, and just to close it out, we met, I mentioned that you started combat sports at, at the age of 14. Did you ever think, you know, we talked about all of the things that you've accomplished in this sport. It's been an unbelievable career so far. Um, did you ever think, at, you know, that you could accomplish all of these amazing goals in, in the sport of boxing? Well, I think, um, what can I say? You know, my life hasn't been like the... You know, I was born... If I wasn't adopted to Norway, um, I could be in Colombia having nothing and uh, grow up uh, poor there. Instead, I grew up in Oslo, Norway, having everything um, I needed. So I'm just saying life is weird and I'm just loving and appreciating everything right now. And you mentioned all the, all the fans in the comments. So just to, just to close it out, obviously... Uh, we are all going through a tough time right now in terms of what's going on in the world. Uh, any final words of encouragement to your fans or anything you want to say to your fans and supporters? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is a tough time, but we definitely going to go through it. Just, uh, just stay positive and stay active and, <laughs> and stay inside. Celia Brightcast, thank you so much. Good luck uh, up in Big Bear. Uh, I know you're training, and hopefully we'll see that fight with McCaskill sometime soon, and then the eventual matchups with Katie Taylor, Toronto, or even Clarissa Shields down the line. I know I'm looking forward to those. Thank you so much for, for taking the time, and best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank both of my guests, Cecilia Brightcast and Clarissa 
Shields. They're talking now on Twitter. That's a good thing. Let's hope that the fight comes together sometime soon. I know boxing fans, including myself, would love to see that. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at A-T-E underscore podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal channels, it's at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Karan Bhatia on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Karan Bhatia. Uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's askthexpertspod at gmail.com. This is Karan Bhatia signing off for Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Karen Bhatia.